Welcome to Guys Without Helmets, a podcast all about pro and fantasy football. My name is Dave, and I'm joined as always by my guys, Josh and Caleb. Week 16 of NFL season 2021 is in the books. Some pretty exciting matchups this week to talk about. I was told not to dwell on it, so I'm just going to spit it out there. The Dallas Cowboys took care of the Washington football team handily. One of Dak's best games so far. One of the best first halves of quarterback play. In fact, this year, Dallas wins 56-14. Hey, doesn't happen very often. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, speaking of hands, let's talk about the 49ers versus the Titans. <laughs> One possession game, 49ers. We figured out why Jim, Jimmy G played so bad, apparently. Well, now he has a. we figure out he's a broken thumb, broken hand, something. Okay. Josh, clarify that for me. Yeah, he sucks. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. No clarification. In, in this game, I believe he had two or three interceptions and uh, didn't play well whatsoever. And it ends his great streak he's had so far the last couple of weeks. They really won a lot of games in a row, and he ended it this time only scoring 17 points. A lot of turnovers in the red zone. I believe they hit George Kittle in the red zone, and it was actually an interception. He missed him, and there was another interception in the red zone, I believe, as well. So basically turnovers in important areas. They could have scored four touchdowns in the first half, if I'm being honest, mm-hmm. but it, they lost because of Jimmy G, and that's basically the only reason why. They also have backup running backs in. And I think they'll get they'll get back on pace uh, this week. I think Jimmy G will miss this week as well. Does he have a hurt hand or thumb? Broken thumb. Is it a UCL? I don't remember what Mm -hmm. it is, but but yeah, it's it's torn, I believe. So he's going to miss more than likely the rest of the year, regular season. Well, let's talk about the first couple games as you mentioned. uh, The Titans were able to take care of the Forty Nine ers, twenty seventeen. Green Bay Packers twenty four twenty two over the Browns. The Cardinals are on a losing streak. They lose to the Colts. Very good football team. Even though Jonathan Taylor didn't have one of his best days, still had a great performance. yards. Yep, still a great performance. Uh, 22-16 was the final there. This one, it was a close one. Atlanta Falcons took care of the Detroit Lions, <laughs> 20 to 16. I don't know if taking care of is a one possession game. <laughs> no, I, I totally agree. Are you we surprised that uh, Joe Burrow had the game he had against the Ravens? They no. won 41 20. Not surprised? Not no. exactly. They're, I mean, yeah, 500 Harbaugh yards. said a month but... ago they ran out of corners. They're on their practice squad corners right now. <laughs> and they're on, like, to, to be fair, T. Higgins, yeah, T. Higgins had like 100 billion yards against this team. What's up with that end zone flip? Are you a fan or are you not a fan? Uh, it doesn't matter to he me. He scored. Yeah, he scored. But but why the flip? <laughs> I don't know. Why not? I don't know. I mean, if you guys are wearing helmets, are you going to flip into the end zone like that and take sure. a chance? Of I mean, I probably won't, but look at the score. I mean, no, I hear you. Bengals just... probably aren't going to beat the Ravens twice in yeah. a year I mean, again. I'm so. glad Joe Burrow finally realized who T. Higgins was. Finally, Praise the Lord. Last couple of weeks. 17 weeks. If you've had T. Higgins, it's been a nice couple of weeks. And uh, as we are saying before, cornerback room for the Baltimore Ravens is not deep triage, at all. Yeah. They lost two starters before the year, including Marcus Peters, and they just lost Marlon Humphrey. They're also down two other defensive backs. There's players like Kevon Seymour and Geno Stone, who is a second-year player. Geno Stone. I believe he was a practice squad player last year. They don't have a lot of depth at the position. They also have older safeties and Chuck Clark and... Oh, sorry, I also forgot to say Jimmy Smith and Anthony Averett got carted off early in the game as well. So, cornerback room keeps going down. We know Lamar Jackson didn't play. That's part of the reason why you saw this blowout. Yeah, Josh Johnson was out there balling out. 35-year-old Josh Johnson. I think the interesting thing is we've talked about the AFC North all year long, but the Bengals are sitting on top of it by a full game over the Ravens. But there's room. We'll talk a little bit more about that as we continue on. Uh, The Rams took care of the Vikings 30-23. to to Was that game closer than it seemed? Yeah, Matthew Stafford did not play good, but I think the Rams played much better. Keep saying taking care of. Yeah, they're they're doing their job. There you go. They're winning. They're 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 somehow winning. Or how about this? The Bills defeat the New England well, they Patriots, took care thirty-three of them, to twenty-one. So, yeah. They did take care of them. They did not take care of Damian Harris, however. Yeah, three he did touchdowns, have 100 billion yards as well. Yeah, that one. 
I don't know. The Bills are again. Uh, that division has been has been heated right now. They currently have the tiebreaker over the New England Patriots, both nine and six, with the Dolphins one game behind them. Again, we'll talk about the playoff picture in just a little bit. This was the game that I don't even know. I can't say took care of. Can't really say defeated. I don't even know what to say. The Jets won. 26 to 21 over Jacksonville. I thought these teams were both smart enough to be vying for uh, for that worst so they can get the best pick. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Josh, quick pop quiz. Did Zach Wilson have 200 passing yards this game? Nope. Oh. <laughs> this is what I said. I don't know. <laughs> they didn't take care of him. I did believe he did have a ru- the longest rushing rushing play from a quarterback the Jets have ever had, and it was 41 yards, I believe. The Jets have had people like Sanchez and Vinny Testaverde. I mean, you know, who they had that's Brent mobile. Favre, man. Uh, yeah, when he was 80. <laughs> but fumble. But uh, Zach Wilson in this game, he had 14 completions, 22 attempts. Good there, but 100 yards. 102 yards passing. Money. He had the highest QBR of the week with four passing attempts, <laughs> or four four yards, <laughs> yards per attempt. And his QBR got boosted because of his rushing. He had four rushes for 91 yards and a touchdown. He really didn't do much what, beside that Four long. yards per attempt? So here's my challenge. Four yards per Did attempt. Did the Jets crop the stat to say the QBR and the touchdowns? Well, he had the highest QBR of the week, man. Okay. What was his running back's average per carry? Probably more than four yards. Well, he had 23 yards carry. Because mm. he had a, and the longest Michael run in Carter, history. Michael Carter had 7.4. So they were they were able to run all over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Not Zach Wilson did what he had to do. He was not throwing anything risky. He wasn't doing anything. He made a couple of decent plays as well as the long run. And uh, he outplayed the Jaguars, who are, I would say, the worst team in the league right now. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're coaching right now. They're a debacle. Apparently they're interviewing anyone who has a pulse and willing to talk to pulse. them. Because they're asking for yeah. everybody. Uh, let's keep moving. The Eagles did take care of the New York football giants. No surprise there, 34-10. to 10. Yeah, we just need to cover that Miles Sanders, he has a broken hand. He will not be playing the rest of the regular season. Uh, they said they're not going to put him on injury reserve, so hopes of a playoff push, he'll be there. Yeah, yeah. he hasn't scored a touchdown this year. Nope. Wow, that's un- unprecedented. Carolina Panthers continue to spiral. Of course, they're playing the super- defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 32-6 there. The surprise of the week for me was that the Texans were able to manhandle Herbert, who had very sloppy play in this game. He probably contributed to f- several of their points for sure, but 41-29 Texans. What are we seeing in, in, in Houston that's different? Do we need to get into the Davis Mills talk? Get into the Davis yeah. Mills talk. All right, when you look at Davis Mills, he has three 300-yard passing games. Every other rookie combined only has four. He's putting up three to four versus every other rookie. I think he's playing. I think recently, the last three or four games since he's been starting, since Tyrod got injured and mm-hmm. benched, I think he's been the best rookie quarterback the last month, and I think he's proven it. He's two and one. I think his last three starts, he's playing very well. He's not playing easy teams. He played the Seahawks, yeah, they beat the Titans, and the the Titans Seahawks. Or they lost the uh, Seahawks, but they yeah. beat the Chargers this Chargers week. So and Titans. he's been playing very well, and I think. There's an argument to say that if he was drafted in the first round, like on a Bill Belichick team, mm-hmm. he would be the best rookie quarterback right now, in my opinion, just based off of how he's been playing. I think it's ironic that the Texans have a quarterback that I don't think they value at all. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's been productive as a rookie, especially his last few games, and they're four and eleven, and he is no value to the team. Apparently, he's just someone they're throwing in there. Whereas the franchise, if the Jets, Wilson is also four and eleven. He's missed a few games as well from injury. But we're looking at two, four, and eleven teams. One overvalues their quarterback. One couldn't value him enough. Yeah, I would love to. This will never happen. But I would love to see a Saints or something move in and offer a first and some late round picks for a Davis Mills. Just, just I'm tired of seeing good quarterbacks go to these teams. We saw Matt Stafford for almost a decade stuck in a Dumpster limbo. Fire. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just hate seeing that happen. Now we see Trevor Lawrence and maybe Davis Mills now both stuck on terrible teams. Talent just wasting away. 
Kind of the nature of the beast. Yeah, I mean, you have Chris Moore and Jason Moore, players that haven't scored touchdowns in two or three years. They're playing very well with Davis Mills. And I think you might see this in a similar situation to the Raiders, where Derek Carr, he's very effortless, he plays very well, and the receivers that go on his team usually have their best seasons. You saw Jared Cook, you see Darren Waller, and you saw Nelson Aguilar, as well as or John, John Brown didn't play there this year. But he's had other players that didn't do well in other places produce and that's what davis mills is doing with the receiving core that he has right now he has rookies a tight end wide receiver nico collins brevin jordan and he has receivers that basically have not been on rosters in the nfl the last couple of years and he's doing things with them and he's won two games yeah they had the most free agents signed last year uh, the last offseason the most yeah. free agents signed in one offseason ever well as we were pointing out watching the game uh this weekend when we were watching it, it he's got a lot of young talent that nobody's really talking about nico especially collins. those rookies that are that are putting up yep. nico and brevin are gonna be good Last couple games before we move on. Rex Burkett, sorry. Yeah, Rex Burkett. <laughs> Not young Rex. talent, but yeah. He's got talent, which is surprising for the Texans. Chicago Bears win 25-24 over Seattle. That's kind of a shocker, but Chicago came on in that game. Ben Roethlisberger not looking good. Chiefs were able to win at home 36-10. to Ben is finally looking like Ben Roethlisberger needs to retire. <laughs> Mr. December yeah. couldn't get it done. No, he's ran out of Mr. December juice. A must win for the Raiders. They're able to beat the Broncos 17-13. Is this the game that, uh, or is this last week, that Teddy Two Gloves just collapsed on? Last week. Last, last week. week. It's all a blur with these guys. Cause hey, Drew Locke putting up a 13-point game. <laughs> Baller. He's balling. Not the 41-point games that the rookie did in Houston there. No. I mentioned the Cowboys already. Another game, uh, I didn't know how this one was going to go, but it was in prime time. Uh, this wraps up the week. Miami Dolphins 20-3 to over the New Orleans Saints. So that is the wrap-up of the week. We're, we're kind of rushing through that a little bit because, guys, it's almost playoff time. We're in week 17 under this new format. We have one more week. So now every team, every, every team has – has completed their buy and are in the home stretch. So let's unpack it a little bit. Let's uh, Before we do this, I'd like to just go inside the stats. As, as you know, if you listen to the podcast, Josh leads a segment where he tells us some interesting and telling stats that give us some details about this past week. So before we jump into the playoffs, looking into the future, uh, let's go ahead and go inside the stats. Yep, we're going to start off with the player stats as we normally do. We're going to start off with the wide receivers. Cooper Cup, right now he's leading the league. He's led the league for the entire year, basically. 1,734. Justin Jefferson's next, 1,451. Devontae Adams, 1,362. Debo Samuel, 1,247. And Tariq Hill, 1,197. Look at the running backs. Jonathan Taylor, still at the top, 1,626. Joe Mixon, 1,159. Nick Chubb, 1,143. Dalvin Cook, 1,067. And Najee Harris, 984. Derrick Henry's finally out of the top five. Finally. So Taylor has 500 more rushing yards than Mixon, who's number two. Yeah. Well, we're going to go on to the quarterbacks. Tom Brady has been leading the league as well. 4,580. Justin Herbert, 4,394. Derek Carr, 4,363. Matthew Stafford, 4,339. Patrick Mahomes, 4,310. For defense, it's been the same guys. Just like the offense, you have... Um, week in and week out, it's the same guys. Yeah, you have Bobby Wagner, who has not lost it. He broke his own franchise record this year for tackles. He has 170. Trevon Diggs still leading with 11. He just uh, tied the Cowboys record in the season. As well as TJ Watt, he just broke the Steelers record, and he has 17 and a half sacks. That's it for the defense. Let's talk about that for a second. You're talking two-storied franchises who've had Hall of Fame players throughout, and these two young guys, relatively young, uh, I mean, only a few years in each of them, 
have broken records from legendary teams. That's impressive. Yeah. Well, they didn't really record sax when all the great Steelers were playing. That's true. That's true. And they also were probably sharing the wealth there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know James Harrison was the record leader there, and he was a free agent. So, anyways, we're going to go on to the Miami Dolphins. We know they just played on Monday night. They're the first team in NFL history to have a seven-game win streak and a seven-game losing streak in the same in the same season. But also, the opponents that they have recently played... Than- Sorry, I wasn't just make a joke, but you can keep going. No, no, no. Say Thanos, Pierce. Thanos, Pierce, Perfect balance, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, they played the Texans. This is this is over their win streak. The Texans, mm-hmm. the Ravens, mm-hmm. the Jets, the Jets, the Panthers, the Giants, and the Saints. Okay, losing streak. Those teams have a combined 36 and 69 record. Losers. The quarterbacks they played against Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. Tyrod Taylor, mm-hmm. Joe Flacco, Cam Newton, PJ Walker, Mike Glennon, Zach Wilson, Ian Book. Not exactly a solid resume. They haven't been playing very good teams, but they have taken care of business. They are gonna they have continued a win streak mm-hmm. and they haven't messed up, but we'll get to see what happens when they play the mm-hmm. Titans and the Patriots. We'll talk about them a little more in the next second. Yep. And um, for the next one we also have a college stat. This is from ESPN. But um, Ian Book, he continues a streak for the Notre Dame quarterbacks. They've lost 24 straight games in the NFL. Last quarterback for Notre Dame to win that was Brady Quinn in 2012. Next, we have a stat for this week. We have the Buffalo Bills and the Atlanta Falcons. They're playing this week, and we know that the Buffalo Bills, over the last seven games, are averaging over 27 points a game. We know that the Falcons are averaging 14 points per game. The, the, the Buffalo Bills are averaging almost double the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, it's no surprise. And over the season, it's basically around the same numbers. 18 for the Falcons with Calvin Ridley. 28 and a half for the Buffalo Bills, other than the last seven games. So Falcons won this game. <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> but basically, the numbers are saying that the Falcons have no chance. Buffalo Bills have been unstoppable. And uh, I think even in their bad games, they scored over 15 points. So, rough go for the Falcons this week. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, and by the way, you, you heard that it was not the Jalen Smith fart sound. This was the Brady Quinn smart fart sound? Yeah, I don't yeah. know how to do it again. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. I just didn't want our listeners to think we're doing that again. So, excellent, Josh. I appreciate you going inside the stats for us. Okay, let's unpack this just a little bit because everyone is curious how it looks. There's teams flipping around, some divisions, not so much. Let's start in the AFC. Kansas City Chiefs, they're the clear number one seed. 11-4 and four is their record. Uh, they've got Bengals and Broncos let to go arguably they could go one and one or they could sweep that either way if they win wind out um they're still gonna they're probably not gonna lose that spot let's be honest but if it ended today they'd match up against the dolphins who are currently in tennessee titans at 10 and 5 are currently sitting at the two seed they have dolphins and texans left and they would be oh matched up i'm sorry i got it wrong um they would be matched up against the, the chiefs will get the, the dolphins the chief will get the bye yep and then at the number three seed currently, and they've kind of snuck in here on us like we've said, that is our Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, their projected matchup would be the Patriots. Ooh. And they're sitting at nine and six. Uh, they play the Chiefs and Browns. Now, number four seed would be the Buffalo Bills, and they would get the Colts. Now, that's an interesting one to me because if it ended right now, I think the Colts are capable of taking the they Bills slaughtered out. Them. Yeah. All right, so move on to your number five seed, which is the Colts. Of course, I already mentioned that they would get the Bills if it ended today. Number six seed would be the New England Patriots, who would get the Bengals. And then finally, the Miami Dolphins. As you mentioned, that 7-7 seven and seven win, loss, now sitting at 8-7, and seven, actually. They would be currently projected to play the Titans. So that's the picture. Uh, like, I think they win. They beat the Titans. I can see that. 
I could see that. Now, keep in mind, Baltimore Ravens, Los Angeles Chargers, Raiders, Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns, Denver Broncos, all 8-7, and 7-8, and eight, or, of course, the Steelers are tied 7-7-1. Seven, seven, they are all sitting here in the mix. Next week, this will change. Half these teams will drop off inevitably. That is your playoff picture. Who in the hunt do you think has the best chance of actually making it? Ooh. In the hunt. They're all pretty bad. I would say the Chargers. Yeah. I think the Chargers, they could do some damage, I believe. Because yeah. they're not as bad as they are when they, they lose weird games. They're not a bad team at all. When you watch their losses, like the, the Texans. like The Titans did the same thing this year. I mean, they're not a bad team at all. I don't see them losing. I think they beat Denver. They're going to be at home in SoFi <laughs> Stadium. Mm-hmm. And Denver's going to have Drew Locke. I think that it's not going to be a good game for the Broncos. It's not ideal to have Drew Locke. No. no. So I think that the Chargers, they win at least one of the next games. You said they play the Raiders next. Let me double check real quick. They play, yeah, the Raiders. Yeah, I think they can win out. I could see it. Yeah, and this I, half these teams are going to drop off. You I, know. I like them more than the – if Lamar is back, then I would say the Ravens, but we're not certain yet as of this recording. The Steelers, I think, are toast other than their defense. The Browns, ah, and then the Broncos are going to – they have to play the Chargers. So I don't see the Broncos going. So Chargers, Raiders – or Ravens, sorry. Chargers, Ravens, if Lamar plays. Yeah, that's my guess. I yeah. agree 100%. I think – yeah, I'm going to go – I think one of the teams in the AFC West are going to go – Aside from the Chiefs, obviously, I think just how the schedule works out, they all play each other in mm-hmm. the and the AFC West. I know the Steelers and the Browns play, but I don't think that's going to change anything. I don't think the Ravens are going to be doing anything in this game against the Rams either. I believe Sony Michelle, Michelle over the last month has the most rushing yards in the NFL period. He's been very good, and that people haven't been talking about it enough in this matchup against the Ravens, who we just saw got toasted by the uh, Bengals. So I don't the Ra- the Rams have no worries against them. I don't think they're going to win. And uh, I think the biggest concern is what the Dolphins can do. Because if the Dolphins can beat the Titans and move on to the next matchup against the Patriots and maybe get a win, I believe they did beat them this year, earlier this season, uh, week one, actually. And uh, if they can take care of business against the Titans, then they're another possibility. But the Broncos played the Chargers this week. The uh, Broncos beat the Chargers earlier in the season. So if they beat the Chargers again and tie them at 8-8, eight and eight, or yeah, eight and eight, then they would be ahead of the Chargers in that race as well. So it just depends what they do in the next week. Yeah, I think moving over to the NFC, I think it's ironic that the Packers were pretty much with the Browns. Had they lost to the Browns, they were in jeopardy of losing that number one seed to Dallas. But they're coming in currently at number one, which means they've clinched and they get the bye. Dallas at number two would currently face the Philadelphia Eagles if it ended today. Dallas, of course, has the Cardinals and Eagles left to play. So that's that could be weird if it ended up where Dallas plays Cardinals and Eagles and then gets the Eagles again in the playoffs. Probably won't happen, but that could happen. The number three seed would be the Rams at 11-4. and four. They would get the 49ers. That'd be a heck of a matchup, honestly, at this time, especially if the 49ers can get a little healthier. The number four seed, surprisingly, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, would currently get the Cardinals. Another great matchup if it ended like that. All right, last couple ones. Well, I mentioned the Cardinals. Um, they are number five seed. San Francisco's are number six. Philly is number seven. Now, here's who's in the hunt. Same question. Minnesota Vikings, seven and eight. Atlanta Falcons, seven and eight. New Orleans Saints, 7-8. Washington football team, 6-9. All right, let's scratch them off. They got the Eagles this week. Eagles are going to win, hands down. I'd be surprised if they didn't. So Minnesota, Atlanta, New Orleans. Who's your favorite to get that last spot or to take the Eagles out or however that um, looks? I, think not, I personally think none of them will, but the Saints probably have the best bet because they play Carolina this week. The Vikings are playing Green Bay, which is not going to work, and the Falcons are playing the Bills, which is very difficult. And the Bills need to win, so they're going to be playing very hard. The Packers... Uh, did they already clinch first seed? No. 
As not, of right now. As of right now, they're first yeah. seed. Okay, yeah, they haven't clinched. They'll keep playing, and it's a divisional game. So, uh, yeah, I think the Saints have the best route with Carolina, unless they need to roll out Ian Book again, which is looking like the case. Mm-hmm. So that's why I said none to start with. I think the Eagles make it still. Yeah, ESPN says with their little FBI that they've algorithm they come up with, they're 80% likely that Green Bay Packers will hold on to that spot that they've clinched. Yeah, if they don't, if Kirk Cousins doesn't put the cape on, yeah, and we went out see, the next Yeah, we games. can see Dallas or the Bucks taking that first seed. Josh, what do you think? Do you agree? Yeah, I, I think you get three from the West and the Eagles because I don't see the Falcons as saying 14 points a game. They're not going to beat the Buffalo offense. The, uh, the Buffalo, their bottom two games this year, I think, were 10 and 15 points. So the, the Falcons are putting up that every week. They're putting up with that in their worst games. I don't see how they win. I don't see how they jump back into this playoff push. And I just don't know if I could believe in the Vikings or Saints enough to win both of these games over the Eagles to lose one as well. So I think with with the game they're ahead right now, I think they take it in the third spot. The interesting thing, as I mentioned, for all these teams, with the exception of Green Bay, who's likely going to get the bye, I can see Dallas, They have if they have nowhere to go on that last game against the Eagles, they could rest some players. The Eagles get the win. That could change who they play. Rams, same thing with the 49ers. Tampa Bay, same thing with the Cardinals. In other words, those losses, if they are going to rest people in, in the last week, could ultimately affect their seeding. So I think they got to be careful. Dallas may be playing for their lives so that they do get the Eagles, which would be, I think, the easiest one for them. But I agree with you guys. This is all, as we know, this is going to change next week a little bit. But I think the NFC is going to probably be very similar like you guys do. I think the teams that are in now will be the teams we're going to see. Yeah, and I think since they're all tied right now, the top of the divisions in the NFC, they're all 11-4. and a four. I think with the matchups they have coming up, I think they're all going to be playing the last week of the year to secure the number one spot because I do think the Bucks did lose to the Rams and then uh, one of them played the Packers and lost to them. So mm-hmm. there, there's still a possibility that they'd be all be playing in the last week of the year to secure the bye. Yeah, I remember six weeks ago I said the 49ers were going on a run. I'm glad I was right about that. But I didn't think that it would be Trey Lance playing against Houston to determine if they go to the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. So as of right now, they are the sixth seed. But I think if Trey Lance could put the work on Houston Texans, then they'll definitely go to the playoffs, which I'm glad. Yeah. I've been rooting for them this year. Yeah, and the Niners are almost certainly a lock over the Minnesota Vikings if they were to lose out because they did beat the Minnesota Vikings as well. So that they they automatically have that spot over the Vikings. So that's why I said the Eagles. I think it's hard for the Vikings to come back, mm-hmm. especially when they're competing against the Niners. And I don't know if they did play against the Eagles or not. But yeah, I don't. I don't see. I, I think that's locked in. The interesting thing is we called it early on before the season started. NFC West would be the dominant. We did not expect Seattle to take a fall quite well, this far. We didn't far. expect and Hammer Russell, Finger. Yeah, still. and Russell to miss time. Yeah, and we didn't expect the 49ers to have the record. We thought they'd have a few more wins. That said, uh, that division is the strongest by far. All the other divisions seem to be that 11-4 team and then the mediocre teams. In fairness, we've also said Minnesota Vikings are better than their record. They definitely are better than 7-8, but unfortunately the record counts. So I think it's funny wherever Tom Brady goes. I know he's only been on two teams, but that whole division just starts stinking it up when he gets there. <laughs> Remember we used to say AFC East is so easy, has no competition, the Dolphins, the Bills, the Jets. But it's now look at curse. the NFC South. <laughs> yeah, None of them are 500. No. I mean, and, and It's as because much- they're playing him. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not because that they're just bad teams. No, well, I mean, look at the AFC East now that they left. It's all neck and neck except for the Jets. Yeah, yeah. No, there's definitely creating, you know, diversity for sure. 
So that's where we are. Okay, we're going to take a look into next week. Next week is week 17. 17, 18 this year are the final weeks. So this is likely your fantasy wrap-up week. Is that correct? This is the championship week? Championship is next week. Yeah, so fantasy Or this week, sorry. Yeah, Yeah. this week, you're right. This this is week 17. This should be deciding your fantasy roster. So we're going to look into this by giving you guys our locks and upsets and hot takes. So let's look at week 17. Looking down the roster, Caleb, I'll ask you first as I usually go around the table. Your lock of the week is going to be? I'm locking in the Rams at Baltimore. I think that the Rams, they need this win. I think that they've been playing kind of poorly, but they've been squeaking by with some wins. And I think that the Ravens are tore up at defense, and they're not going to be able to stop Cooper Cup or Sony Michelle is leading the league in rushing yards the past month, which is weird to hear, weird to say. And we think Lamar's back this week. Should be. He should be. He's been out for three weeks now, but I wouldn't bank on it yet. Yeah, I think he's getting his first practice in in three weeks, or whenever he got hurt against yeah. the Browns. It depends on how he's feeling, the ankle's feeling on game day. I'm assuming they're going to make it a game-time decision, but I'm, I'm locking in the Rams. I mean, with them fighting for their playoff lives, this is the time Lamar should yeah. Come back, but their secondary they, that's not going to triage. Yep, Cooper yeah. Cup's going to go insane. He might as well go back and play corner. Yeah, they have a better chance. Okay, <laughs> you're locking them in. Yep, for me, I'm going to pick the Dallas Cowboys over the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona has failed to score, or they've only scored 30 points in two of their last eight games. <laughs> They're not very productive recently, and we know this is a lot due because of DeAndre Hopkins mm-hmm. being out, and also a couple of games without Kyler Murray. But they did not produce against the Colts just recently. When you look at when the Cowboys are playing very well on offense, some of their game wins are 41-36, 44-35, and what we just saw last week, 56. So they're willing, they're able to score a, a ton of points, just like the Arizona Cardinals, but the Cardinals have been doing it a lot less recently. And I think they're just a healthier team. They're the better team right now, better defense. They get the turnovers a lot more. And as we were talking about last week, Kyler Murray has fumbled the ball double digits. He's putting up Daniel Jones numbers this year. And uh, that's what the uh, Dallas Cowboys are good at doing. And I think that this is a great matchup for the Cowboys, despite how good the Cardinals have been. Yeah, and I think it's it's funny that Kyler Murray now is playing much like Russell Wilson does. He's the best player in the league for the first six weeks, and then he just kind of falls off a yeah. cliff a little bit. That's kind of been how Russell Wilson's been playing. He's been in the MVP talks as the number one MVP choice Russell Wilson has the past like four years. And then sometime after the bye, he just decides not to play football anymore. And that's what I know Kyler's gotten hurt, <laughs> but that's what it seems like is happening the last two years. I know he's still a young player, but the last two years, he was the best player in the league for a month or two, and then he just kind of falls off, and he's in a slump right now. So I'm, I'm liking Dallas, too. That's a good pick. Yeah, I, I like both your picks. I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs. They're not at home, and they're dominant in Arrowhead. But Cincinnati, we've said it here. I, I know we sound like a bunch of haters. Cincinnati, they're frauds. They're not as good as they're playing. And, yes, they put up some great numbers. They're looking really good, and they're, they're turning it around. But the NFL is a progressive league. Things don't happen overnight. It's going to take time. Joe Burrow will continue to get better. But for now, I think Mahomes is ready to make another run at this for a Super Bowl run, and the Cincinnati Bengals are in their way. Yeah, I mean, the, the Bengals do capitalize. They don't really play down a ton, but they are playing against a now very impressive Chiefs team who just put up 30-plus without their best receiving weapon mm-hmm. on their team. So they're playing very well right now. I don't see how the Bengals can stop them in this matchup. Agreed. Okay. What do you mean? Byron Pringle was playing. Hey, man. Oh, hey, man. That's the <laughs> Travis Kelsey is back. There he is. <laughs> All right, don't don't mention that name. It's too soon. I lost fantasy. We had a epic come from behind uh, yeah. chance to get into the championship game, and we barely lost over a couple of players. It was pretty cool. Josh Crosby, I'm coming for you, bro. All right, uh, let's move on to the other side. The upset of the week. Let's look at a team that we would think is going to upset a team who's favored. I am picking Denver over the Chargers. I know it's at SoFi. I know the Chargers need to win, but the Broncos also need to win. And I know it's Drew Locke starting, but the last time they played, the Chargers lost, and I think that their running backs are going to be playing 
very well like they did last game. I know Javante Williams had 110 yards last game and a touchdown. The Chargers are not good against the run, as we talked about in previous episodes. They got exposed last week against the Texans, and I think Drew Locke could actually win this game, surprisingly. I'm, I'm going to take them as my upset. Denver. That's bold, bro. Chargers at home needing a win. Against Denver needing a win. But it's a coin flip. They're a divisional game, so yeah. I'm taking Denver. Wow. Okay. Bold. <sighs> yep. For me, I'm going to take – I don't want to do this, but I'm going to take the Vikings <laughs> over the Packers. Ooh. Tim is shaking. Yeah. No, I'm taking the Vikings <laughs> over the Packers. We know that – in a couple of games where they haven't been able to get their running game going, the Packers, that is, it's been very close. We saw last game against Cleveland Browns. I think if Baker Mayfield didn't throw however many picks he threw, 10, 5, 4, whatever he threw, <laughs> they would have actually won. I think that that was a great matchup for the Browns if Baker Mayfield wasn't the quarterback playing in that game, and I think they would have won. I think that's a similar situation here. When you look at the running game for the Packers, it's been extremely average this year. I know there's been injuries, but they're averaging A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones are averaging the same yards per carry. They're averaging just over four. And surprisingly, Aaron Rodgers has as many rushing touchdowns as Aaron Jones. They're not producing well on the ground, and I think when just looking at that, Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones are the same runner in terms of yards and touchdowns. I just think it's a big problem for them. I think the Vikings, their defense played very well last week against the Rams. The offense just couldn't really get going. I think this is a big passing game from uh, uh, Kirk Cousins <laughs> and Justin go. Jefferson. I think they bounced back on offense. I think it's a good time to capitalize against the Packers team who's not playing as well as they could, especially in the running game. Yeah, that's that's excellent. I don't want to do this either, guys, but I'm, I'm riding the wave, okay? So sue me for riding the wave. Tennessee's at home favored by three and a half currently by most lines, but I think Miami's going to upset them. I think – let me put it another way. If Miami is capable of beating Tennessee at home, then they're capable of that momentum that you need getting into the playoffs. So I'm going with Miami as my upset. Yeah, sorry, I just want to go back to the Vikings and the Packers. When you look at the passing game for the Vikings versus the Packers, Mm -hmm. Kirk Cousins has more yards, three less touchdowns, three more interceptions. They're playing very similar. Running game, very different. Dalvin Cook is producing way more than the Packers running backs. And it comes touchdowns, yards, everything. And Justin Jefferson is playing just as good as Devontae Adams, 1,450 yards versus 1,362. Nine touchdowns versus 10. Jefferson has more yards, less receptions, actually, and one touchdown less. They're playing very similar on offense, and that's the reason why I'm picking them, while the Packers are seem to be a little bit cold. Excellent. Okay. I know I'm banned from hot takes because mine are terrible. So who wants to give me their hot take for the week? I'll do it. I think Mahomes, he passes five touchdowns against the Bengals. Ooh. Exposing the fraud, Cincinnati Bengals 2021. Yep, Holmes, it's been a while since he had a game like that. I mean, he's had big games this year, but mm-hmm. five touchdowns. Yeah, he's I think he's going to have four in the first half. We'll do that. Whoa, <laughs> Dak Prescott numbers from last week. I love it. Is he throwing to a lineman, though? Yeah, okay, he has to. It's all-time high last week, right? Yeah, well, th- there was three or four of them last week. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That yeah. never happens. But for me, I'm going to stick with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to say CeeDee Lamb is the wide receiver one overall this week in fantasy and real life, everything. I think he'll be the number one wide out this week. Yeah, and I'm not giving hot takes because I'm bad at it. So we're moving on. All right, we move into a segment. This is our final one. This is the final educated guess of the season. This, of course, is a segment where Caleb is just going to look down the waiver wire, and he's going to give you some not-so-obvious uh, players that you might want to keep your eyes on for this week. What do you got for us, Caleb? I have three. I'm going to start with number one. Or number three. We'll start number three. That makes more sense, right? Yeah, three to one. All right, Derek Gore, running back, the actual running back for the Chiefs. He is two percent owned. He's had double-digit points for fantasy the last time or last month that they've played, and they've blown out people. Double-digit points. He's two percent owned. He's a better runner than Clyde, and Clyde's going to miss this game with a, a shoulder injury, collarbone. Derek Gore. 
Okay. Pick him up. All right. Number two, Trey Lance. He's 12% owned. He's playing Houston. Houston is a coin flip team. They're either really good or really bad. Trey Lance is on a very good team, and he's better than Jimmy G. And if you're one of the poor people that have Carson Wentz and you're in the championship, you might need to pick up Trey Lance. So Trey Lance, I think he's going to be very good. He has a mobile threat, and hopefully they will be blowing out Houston because they do need this win to make the playoffs as a lock. Number one, it's a double. Jordan Howard slash Boston Scott, whichever one's available. One sixteen percent owned, one seventeen percent owned. Sanders is out the rest of fantasy year, which is only one game. Two if you're in a weird league. Jordan Howard or Boston Scott, pick either one up. Because they run they're the most rushing yards in the NFL. They had the most carries in the NFL for the running backs, and they're very productive running game. And Jordan Howard and Boston Scott split carries pretty much evenly after Sanders went out during the year. I mean, he was out for three or four weeks with an ankle problem. So, yeah, look for Jordan Howard or Boston Scott. Let me recap. Number three, Derek Gore, running back for the Chiefs. Number two, Trey Lance, better than Jimmy G. Number one, Jordan Howard slash Boston Scott, whichever one you can get. All right, Caleb, thanks again. So uh, so sad to see that segment go till next year, but we need fantasy players to I'm make not. If, hey, if I helped you out one week, give me a dollar. Yeah, there you go. I'm hey, just kidding. Send it to Maybe a, I'll get a dollar. Yeah, someone will <laughs> send you a dollar at Guys Without Helmets. Hey, this is a segment that I love. You guys know this. It's the buy or sell segment. We're going to jump right in, piggybacking off of something that we kind of mentioned earlier. Currently, they are sitting in that uh, seventh and final spot, but we talked about this, so I'm just going to ask you guys or make the statement. The Philadelphia Eagles will secure a wild card spot. They will secure a wild card spot. Buy or sell? I'm buying. I talked about it earlier that no one in that whole conference is going to win, in my opinion. The Saints could squeak in, but I don't think that Philly's going to lose to Washington this week. And we see Minnesota playing the Packers this week, which is not going to be good for them. And everyone else in that division, as far as the Falcons, eh, no. They're not going to beat the Bills this week. I think Philly, the Saints are playing Carolina. They could win, but they're still a game behind Philly if they beat Washington. Mm-hmm. So if Philly wins this week, 100% locking in a wild card spot, I'm going to say bye. I'm going to buy as well for the same reasons. They're going to beat Washington. They're going to be a game ahead of the of the Vikings. The Vikings have to win a tough matchup against the Packers. I think there's a chance that they do, and uh, I think it'll be close, but I don't think the Eagles are going to let up against Washington, even though they have a matchup against the Cowboys the week before. The Vikings are also competing with the 49ers, so I think that's a big problem for the, the competitors in the the Vikings, and I think that's the reason why the Eagles will be forced in and why the Niners will also be forced in. So I think the Eagles will make it. They will beat the Washington football team this week, and they will clinch that last spot. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Uh, I, you know, the last week New Orleans actually plays Atlanta. So either of those who had a chance are likely going to get it taken away by virtue of that game. And no matter the outcome, I do think Dallas and Philly is going to actually come down to the wire. I think that that's going to actually mean something. Excuse me. So I think Philadelphia is going to have to do something there. I agree. We said it already. I think Philadelphia is going to keep that spot that they have. All right, next question. Pittsburgh will trade for a veteran quarterback this offseason. Not something they're known for. They usually draft their talent. But buy or sell. Pittsburgh will trade for a veteran QB this offseason. I will buy. I don't think that they're going to try and get a veteran and be a, a long-term starter. I think they'll get a bridge quarterback, whether it's someone like Fitzpatrick or Tyrod Taylor, that okay. type of guy. Maybe Josh Johnson, who's come in two games and played pretty well. He hasn't been playing bad. Okay. Or trade for a Tyler Huntley. I mean, there's a lot of options here. There's a lot of good backups in the league that could start spot start for one year. I think Pittsburgh is looking towards the future with Alabama's quarterback that just won a Heisman. Because mm-hmm. um, Mike Tomlin, for a few years now, is, since Lamar's come in the league, really, he said he wanted a mobile quarterback. And we know this is Big Ben's last year, so I think they're going to trade. 
draft more players they need this year, like another receiver mm-hmm. or better defenders, and not draft a quarterback this year. I could be wrong. So this is the bridge season for I you. Think, I think they'll have a bridge okay. season. They're going to trade for a bridge quarterback or pick one off free agency. But, yeah, I'm going to buy. They're going to trade for some type of quarterback this year. Okay. Yeah, I'm also going to buy. We saw they drafted – uh, three different quarterbacks towards the end of Big Ben's uh, years, what we thought was the end. He's obviously played longer than they thought. But they drafted Mason Rudolph and Josh Dobbs. They drafted Mason Rudolph because they thought he would be sitting behind Big Ben for a couple of years and he'd take over. Obviously not the case. We saw him play a game against the Lions. He was not good. It also re- resulted in a tie. So he's not been good for the last three years he's been in the league. He's also been benched several times for Devlin Hodges, who was an undrafted free agent. He's not a very good player, and we know that they made the moves to get Mason Rudolph to take over immediately because when Big Ben leaves, he would be starting. They don't want to have Mason Rudolph playing. We know he's not good anymore. They're going to get someone in there. If they don't draft a rookie, which I don't think they will, they will be getting a veteran. I think he'll be mm-hmm. shoot in over Mason Rudolph. If Mason Rudolph's even on the team next year, I'm not sure, but they will have a veteran over Mason, I think. I may be the only guy in the room who thinks they might go big baller. I think they might actually go for a Watson or a, a Wilson. And you know, don't forget Mike Tomlin winked over at Aaron Rodgers, got the, everybody talking. Here's why I say that, because I think the roster is strong enough with good quarterback play that they can they can do well. I don't think that they need they have I don't think they have a ton of holes that they need to address, meaning if they are having to put up some future draft picks to get someone like Watson in, I could see it. Uh, I don't know. I don't think Pittsburgh is a sit around and wait to develop a guy type of team. And there's no good quarterbacks, as you guys have already mentioned, really popping yeah. up. Aaron Rodgers I mean, that's Steelers. still a veteran. <clears throat> yeah. Aaron no. Rodgers the Steelers, y'all. That's, that's a hot that's take. A, that's a thing. Yeah. I, I, I wish it could happen. Because he's – I mean, now that the bar's been raised with Tom Brady playing in his 40s, Aaron could have eight more years left. We don't know, you know. Especially with the yeah. defense and Najee Harris. Yeah. And oh, Why not? I'll buy. All right. The Dallas Cowboys have the best defense in the league, buy or sell. Uh, I'm going to sell. I think they're a top five defense for sure. I still think the Patriots have the best defense, as we talked about a couple weeks ago. They had the least amount of points allowed, least amount of yards allowed, and the most, I think the second most takeaways, J.C. Jackson leading their takeaways on their team. I I still think Bill Belichick's defense is the best in the league. This is my opinion. I haven't looked at the stats yet, but Dallas is really hot this past month defensively, and it's all Dan Quinn. You can give him all the praise he's turned. Players we've had, players that Dallas has had before, and rookies, and made them way better than they've ever played. And Micah Parsons is playing like the offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie, defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, sorry. Well, he might as well. He's been scoring touchdowns. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, I think that Dallas is a great defense. That they're top three or five, but I I don't. I'm selling that they're number one. I'm also going to sell. They're playing very well, and I think it'll continue because of their schedule. They do get matchups against their division, who are not. Very, very easy, or not very difficult matchups for a defense like them right now. We just saw what they did against Washington. But I think I would put, for now, I would put the the Colts and the Patriots above them. I think they're they're all very similar. I think the Colts get a lot of turnovers. I think the Colts should be, their name should be up there because they've held a lot of great teams to very little points. We saw the Patriots 17, Cardinals 16, uh, Houston 0, Buffalo 15. They they do very well, and I think the only game they really didn't play extremely well was the Buccaneers, and mm-hmm. really you got to have a bunch of prayers when you play against the Buccaneers. You're yeah. not be doing a much to hold them back. So I think they're one of the top defenses as well as the Patriots. You're just saying they all get a ton of takeaways, and that's what puts you in the top spot. They're all very similar. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't argue with someone if they said they're the best, but I just don't personally think they're the best right now. I'm going to sell as well, only because I think you guys are right. Statistically, they fall, you know, fifth overall, seventh in rushing, whatever the numbers tell you. I will say this. 
if the season started in Halloween, they'd be the best defense. And by that, I mean they enter week 17 with the defense holding opposing quarterbacks to an average of 53.9 completion ratio, 63.7 passer rating with 26 sacks, 14 interceptions, like I said, since Halloween. Since Halloween, this is the best defense in football. Unfortunately, we started the season before Halloween, so they're not quite there. But I do – you've heard me – if you've listened to, or you're a fan of the show, you've heard me say over and over, the NFL is a league of steps and progressing, and they are progressing much better and much sooner than we thought they would. Yeah, and over the last month before this Washington game, Dak, I believe, only had five passing touchdowns. In that last month, which we know is not very well and not what he lives up to, but we know that that means a lot of drives that are very short – they go three and out very quickly. They did that a lot over the last month, and despite that, the defense still played very, very well, getting a ton of turnovers. So you like to see that they were on the field a lot more than the offense, and they were able to keep the scores very low and get a lot of turnovers. They're obviously one of the top defenses. I just think the, the teams they played and the consistency, we need to see more for them to put as the number one spot. Totally agree. All right, let's move on to number four. The Dolphins are a legit contender this season. We've mentioned that they've secured, at least if it ended right now, that last playoff spot, the Dolphins are a legit contender this season. Buy or sell? I'm going to buy. I've been a fan of the Dolphins since the beginning of this year. Since they got Tua, really. I didn't know at the beginning of the year their defense would be this good. They are a top five to seven defense Mm because you already named five a minute ago. Yeah. With Patriots, Colts, Cowboys, Steelers, all those guys. Dolphins and Saints are in there, but I think the Dolphins are a legit contender because of their defense. I think the way Tua's been playing where he hasn't been making mistakes lately has been very good for them. I think when you get in the playoffs and your defense is playing lights out, all you have to do is not make mistakes on offense because, yeah. That's how it works. That's I mean, how it works in Trent the playoffs. Dilford, Brad yeah. Johnson. Defense you know, wins championships. I think if Tua can string along four good games in a row, three to four games, and this defense can play it like they're playing, they have a, a real shot at going to the Super Bowl, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know if they can beat the Bucks or the Dallas Cowboys, but, but, but going the, there, that's I, yeah, a they're a contender. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's, the, that's the statement. I really like the Dolphins, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell. I think – with the spot they're in right now and how they're they're basically tied with everyone in the wild card spot other than the Colts, I think it's hard, especially with what we saw, what their schedule was. They haven't played teams like the Titans or the Patriots over the last seven or eight games. And I think that although they did beat the Patriots week one, I don't think it's going to happen again. And I don't think they're going to beat the Titans. So I think there's a big possibility that they're going to be pushed out over the next game or at least the next two games. So I just, I just think they're out of the playoff contention. I do think they're a great team. I do think that they're they're getting there, but I don't know what they're going to do this off season. I think because of the teams that they did play, they might still move on from Tua. So I think it's a big question mark there, and I just don't think they're going to be able to win these next two games. Yeah, and that that's what keeps me from buying. I think I want to buy, but I just have to see. Obviously, if they can handle Tennessee and New England and continue this win streak, then everyone knows they're a contender. But they haven't. They have to. That's the earning point for me. So it's too soon. Yeah, I, I do like the team, and I do like what they have going. I just don't really like. Brian Flores a whole lot. I think he makes too many mistakes as a head coach as, yeah, so far. And I think their offense, their their play calling is a very safe. It's very Too safe. safe. It's great that it's safe because over the matchups they've had, all they had to do was just win. They didn't have to do anything flashy or anything like that. But I do want to see them make more big plays because you basically limit yourself yeah. on all these drives without having big plays available because they're all so short. You look at the Chicago Bears, all their plays are deep. Uh, Justin Fields, one of the largest big play quarterbacks in the NFL right now, highest yards per average because the plays are drawn out like that. We don't know what Tua can do with this offense because everything is so short. I'm interested to see what happens, what they do against contenders in the next two games. Yeah, I would totally agree. Final question. Trey Lance will successfully carry the torch in San Francisco. I'm going to buy. When you look at Jimmy G this year, 
He has not been playing very well. He has not had a three-touchdown game all year. He's a game manager. We've known this at his time with Bill Belichick. And it's been masked behind good big plays from George Kittle and Debo Samuel. He's not a great quarterback. He's a good quarterback. Mm. He's a game manager. I think Trey Lance, in the two games he did start, he's thrown similar similar numbers, which is less than 200 yards and a touchdown or two, which is exactly what Jimmy G's doing. But Trey Lance is also a rookie. He's going to get way better. He's barely played time at North Dakota State. I mean, he's got all the time in the world to grow. He's got a great coach, and I think that him being mobile gives him an edge. He has a better arm than Jimmy G, and he's younger. He has more time. I think that he's going to take this torch and do exactly what Jimmy G is doing this year, the rest of the two games, and then obviously in the future he's going to be really good in my opinion. But I think, yeah, he's going to carry the torch just fine because Jimmy G hasn't been doing very much. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm also going to buy. He's almost a decade younger than Jimmy G, and we know he's obviously on a rookie contract. But when he comes in the league, he's a very athletic quarterback. Everything you just said, that this opens up the offense a ton more. And their offense, they're in motion almost every play. They play action almost every play. There's, they never just straight up have a play. And that's exactly what you want with a mobile quarterback. Yep. He's going to he's gonna distract the defense a lot, and they're going to be scared of what's going to be coming, other than Jimmy G, who's not mobile at all. And the one time we saw him try to be mobile, he... Uh, broke his knee but um yeah trey lance much more athletic much more i think he's gonna get a lot more respect from defenses he's he made great reads in the preseason from what we saw we saw him get thrown into the fire against the cardinals when they're playing very well this season so we don't really have tape to say on what he is Mm -hmm. but we've been hearing a lot from camp that he's playing very well and i think that he'll be he'll do very good especially with these matchups they have coming up their schedule is still very easy so i think he's gonna do well i think he'll be the successor he'll be very good I'm buying for every reason you guys said. He's the no-brainer. They drafted him. Jimmy G has not been good. They trade up for him, right? Well, here's, yeah. here's the thing. The, the the statement said to carry the torch. I don't think Jimmy G has held the torch very high. So that allows a rookie. They've kind of been holding it together. They've been holding it together. he's finally let go of it. Yeah, and you know, I've said before, I'm not a big fan. With Shanahan being an offensive genius, I expect him to get more out of his quarterback because that's kind of what his genius is. So I'm selling him. I have been all year long. I think he'll be coaching somewhere else in a couple of years. But we're talking about the rookie. I like him, but because he hasn't got a lot of time, just like we're seeing Fields finally start to open it up a little bit, he's got two games left. So even if they get in the playoffs and go with him, I don't think this is his year. It's the start of lifting that torch. He's picked it up. He's holding it up to his hips. He's not going to hold that torch high yet, but he will. And I think he's their starter, and, and he will be a good quarterback there. Yeah, I have one thing to say about that is I think Jimmy G is not good. And yeah, you, you look at you have the systems that he's been in. He's been with Bill Belichick, and he's been with Kyle Shanahan. So I think ultimately when he leaves that, he's going to be terrible. We saw even with Nick Mullins. I know it's Nick Mullins. Yeah. But Nick Mullins was on the 49ers. He played as a backup role for about half of a season when Jimmy G was hurt. He played pretty decent on the 49ers. He went to the Eagles and was absolute garbage. So I think that, that shows you when you look at Jimmy G, I think he has 70, 70 touchdowns in his career. He's been in the league since 2014. He has done Nothing. Nothing. And I think, as you're saying, it's a very low bar. Ten touchdowns a year. Very low bar for Trey Lance. Yeah. They trade up for him. They, there's a lot of expectations. I think that he will pass the, or take the torch that wasn't there and ignite it. He'll he'll He's be the it. fire for this team. It's in his hand, but with with two games left and a potential playoff game, he can only raise it so high. I I think if Jimmy G is not a Jet or a Saint, he's <laughs> definitely a Steeler. That sounds Ooh. good. See, here's my challenge for Jimmy G. That's all they need is someone not to fumble or throw <sighs> picks. That's all the 49ers thought they needed, too. I just don't see it. I don't see it. I'm going to say bridge quarterback one year. No, Jimmy Pittsburgh G. needs someone who can go vertical 100% right out of the gate. Someone who's not afraid. You should trade for Zach Wilson, then, because he's really good. <laughs> yeah, clearly he's not afraid. 
All right. Well, that is buy or sell. So as always, we're going to post those on our Instagram. We'd love to hear your feedback, hear your thoughts, and hear how you think that these statements could go. If you're buying or selling, go ahead and check that out online. Also, our last segment uh, before we talk about our Week 17 matchups is going to be hot or cold. Again, fantasy last week. So last last, week. last time we're doing I'm it. I'm telling you, if your team's in a bind with the COVID, with the COVID. we got some pickups that might work. Yeah. Or people on your bench that you might want to start. Okay. You got two hot and two cold. Yep. Here I'm, we go. I'll start with my first one. Okay. CJ Uzama. Y'all can shoot me later. But he's been getting five <clears throat> targets a game the last month. He's been playing very good for a tight end that is free. He is on most people's wires, maybe on some people's benches. But CJ Uzama, with Joe Burrow airing it out over 40 times a game, and then playing the Chiefs, who've been playing surprisingly very well the past month for defense. Mm-hmm. I think that Uzama will be opened a few times in this game. And as we saw earlier in the year, like against the Ravens, he's a big play player. If he gets the ball in stride, he could score a long touchdown. And I think that's what will happen this game. I think C.J. Uzama would be very good, so look for him. Yep. I think my first start will be C.D. Lamb, but if you have C.D. Lamb, you're obviously going to be starting him. I think the next one for me is going to be Gabe Davis. He's back off the COVID list. We also have Cole Beasley off the COVID list. But you saw the receiver role for the Buffalo Bills without Gabe Davis and without Cole Beasley. Isaiah McKenzie came off from basically not having a role at all. Stepped into the offense, 12 targets, sorry, 12 targets, 11 catches, 125 yards, and touchdown. It doesn't matter who's on this team and playing. We know how explosive Gabe Davis is. We know how many points the Atlanta Falcons let up. And it seems like Gabe Davis basically scores every single week. He's getting his role back. Isaiah McKenzie having no role got thrown in basically a wide receiver one type role for this offense. And I think Gabe Davis continues against the lowly Falcons. Lowly Falcons. Uh, My second hot is going to be Javante Williams for the Broncos. Last time they played the Chargers, he had 111 yards of scrimmage and a touchdown, which is very good. And I know people have been beating the drum and crying and whining that he's (laughs) in a committee with Melvin Gordon, but that committee works best for both of them. It keeps them both fresh. They rotate a lot. Everyone compares him to Chris Carson, Javante Williams, and look what happened to Chris Carson every year. He gets more than 20 carries a game. He does not last. So stop crying about Javante being in a committee. <laughs> he gets 10 fantasy points a game. Deal with it. But I think he's going to be very good this week against the Chargers because when they played before, he did at almost 20 fantasy points. So I think he's going to be very hot. Yep. For me, I'm going to go with 49ers backs, Elijah Mitchell and or Jeff Wilson. Whoever's getting the start, we know Mitchell's been out for a little bit. But they are playing against the Houston Texans. Houston Texans have been a great, solid secondary. Mm -hmm. We just saw what Justin Jackson coming off the bench did against him. He was the RB1 this week. He had 64 rushing yards, 100 receiving yards, and two touchdowns. Houston has not been great against running backs at all this year. We know that the 49ers are one of the top rushing teams in the league. And we know that uh, with a rookie quarterback, he's going to be looking to have dump-offs. He's going to be able to run a lot more. And I think this is a very easy defense to do it against. That sounds like a Debo start, too. Yeah, I mean, Debo has been the running back without Mitchell, basically Debo and Jeff Wilson. But if Jeff Wilson's starting again, I think you start him. If Elijah Mitchell's starting, you obviously start him. I think it's a great spot for the uh, 49ers backs. All right, Cole, you got two for me? I got two for you. I think Chase Edmonds, I don't remember. I think he got hurt recently. I don't know if he's going to play, but he's been practicing, I believe, limited. But against Dallas, no thank you. The yeah. Cardinals have not been playing well, and Dallas has sees blood in the water right now. with leading Connor them. also. Not playing, or is he back? He's been injured. He, yeah, he's been he's been, he's been dealing with some injuries. But Edmonds, if he is starting, which is fifty fifty right now, I do not see him doing anything against Dallas. They're not they're shutting down everybody. Gibson last week, he only had a touchdown. He didn't have many yards, and I don't think that Edmonds will be able to do much as a runner. 
because he's not that good of a runner. He's a good player, but not a good runner. Sorry, I also forgot to add Antonio Brown is a play. Just want to say, if you're, yeah, if you're some, your for, for, for you. some reason benching him, don't, don't. bench him. Yeah. He's playing the Jets. But some, someone, he's the wide receiver one now. Yeah. Yeah. No reason to. He has $4,900 in DraftKings. If you play DraftKings, you know that's very low. <laughs> for whatever reason, he was at one, wide receiver one last week. Continue to play him. This week, I'm also going to be benching Cordero Patterson, though. He has not been very good recently. And you look at his last couple of games that he has been productive. It's been mainly because of touchdowns. And recently, he has not been productive at all. We know that as a running back, just the last couple of games, seven rushes, 14 yards, 11 rushes, 18 yards, 16 for 58, 9 for 10, 6 for 34, 7 for 20, 7 for 11. He's not a very productive running back, and he's been living a lot off of uh, rushing touchdowns. This team does not rush a lot of touchdowns, obviously. He's been the number one player on this offense. They get a hard matchup against the Buffalo Bills. I just don't think this is a spot to play him with how inconsistent he has been towards the end of the year. We know Cordell Patterson is not – Traditionally been the guy that he has been at the start of this season, so I think you continue to bench him this week. Yeah, y'all had some diamond hands on that guy. There's people in my leagues who held that dude the whole year. Yeah, I would have shipped him out after the first 30-point game. But anyway, my second sit or cold is Antonio Gibson. Like I said with the Dallas game, I did not know until looking at it. I, I watched the game. I did not know until looking at it again that he only had six rushes for 29 yards. The game before that, 15 rushes for 26 yards. The game before that, 10 rushes for 36 yards. And one of those games he played Philly, and he's playing Philly again this week. I don't think he's going to do hot. He's going to be cold this week again. He's a touchdown or bust player the last two months, ever since the bye week. I know he's been dealing with some shin injuries. He has a broken shin bone or something, and his turf toe is back. So he's been playing pretty poorly because of that, and he's playing against Philly, who is a great defense against the run, and he only had 20 yards two weeks ago against them. So I would bench Antonio Gibson in your finals. Josh, bring it home. One more person. It's cold. Yeah, for me, I'm going to say Michael Pittman. He's going to be playing against the Las Vegas Raiders, a team that is very friendly to running backs. We know who the Colts running back is. We also who? know who is he? I don't know. A guy called Jonathan Taylor, but they also have a guy, Jonathan Taylor, who put up over 150 yards, two touchdowns against them last year. So the running game is going to be going. We also know that Carson Wentz is more than likely out for this game. We have a rookie quarterback, Sam Ellinger, coming in. And I think Michael Pittman actually hasn't scored a touchdown since that Tampa Bay game, which was in Week 12. He's not been very productive recently, and I think you continue to bench him in this week against the Las Vegas Raiders. Backup quarterback, he's not going to be getting double-digit targets, I don't think, and I think the running game's going to be going, obviously, with Hines and Taylor because no one can stop him right now. Excellent job, guys. Well, we're going to just take a quick glance at 17, and that'll be our last part. Week 17, guys. We mentioned there's a couple games that have playoff implications. I think those are the ones we need to look for. Obviously, the Saints have a chance to stay alive if they beat Carolina. The Dolphins have a chance to stay in the hunt. Of course, they have that seventh spot if they can beat the Titans, of course. Uh, Colts, that's, the Raiders doesn't really – I know for the Raiders they need that win, but I don't see them beating the Colts. Uh, what else are you guys seeing? We mentioned Minnesota and Green Bay. What are you seeing? I see a fun one. Not really a good game, but a fun one. The Bucks against the Jets. I think Bruce Arians tests positive for COVID. No, hear me out. I think if Bruce Arians isn't there and Brian Leftwich is coaching, they're, yeah. they're going to be airing it out. And Brady's close <laughs> to 5,000 yards. He only needs, I think – Close to 600, 500? You think they're just going to put it, the oh, gas yeah. on? Oh, yeah. They're going to floor the Jets. This is just opinion. like last year when they played against the Lions. Yeah. Oh, and the Blaine Gabbert came in at the half. Yeah. And yeah. Mike Evans was 100 yards away from 1,000 in that game. And they just game. forced it to him. Mike yeah. Evans is also 100 away from 1,000 in this game. Brady's so going to have – how many touchdowns does he have? 37. Okay, he's going to have 40 touchdowns this year, obviously. Something like that. I think oh, he'll have yeah. 45 and 5,000 yards. Gosh. MVP. But he's, they're going to floor the Jets. 
Yeah. And Brian Leftwich is probably playing for a coaching job right now. He's going to want to blow him out because there's three vacancies right now that he can take. Leftwich is a good example of a co- guy who probably should get a chance to have a team because he's been consistent and growing as a coach. I mean, the Raiders need a coach. Jacksonville needs a coach. Yeah. Carolina might need a coach. And I don't know that Tampa Bay needs him with Bruce Aarons there because that's his bread and butter. But I, I, I love how he's Chicago. been Chicago. Yeah. No, with the, Justin Fields. I mean, he's going to be playing for a job if he's the coach that game. He's going right. to light him how out. How long has he been in Tampa Bay? Not long. I mean, he's still three or four I'm years. Saying, he right? was there before yeah. um, Bruce a, Arians. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was. But Jacksonville, we know he used to play for Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. I can see him being the, the Chicago's coach. I'm yeah. saying, he used to play for Jacksonville, and it's not that far of a move to go from Tampa to Jacksonville. A couple hour drive. Yeah, about six hours. No, but up I the think road. that's it's a weird game because it's going to be a blowout. But I think they're going to floor him like on purpose. I'm, in, I'm excited for it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, most of the games honestly have some type of playoff implication. There's very few that don't. I mean, San Fran needs to win even though the Texans don't. Obviously, the Chargers and, and uh, Broncos, that's huge. That'll be interesting. That's yeah. a great game. What really turns the tides, though, is if Washington's able to beat the Eagles at home, I don't think they will. But if they're able to do that, that puts the Eagles in a panic and suddenly opens up the rest of they the They need division. the Niners to lose yeah. to the Texans. This is why they play the game. That's right. Yeah. So week 17 is coming at us. Only one more regular season week to talk about after that. Just a couple things before we close out. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please take a moment to write us a review and leave us a five-star rating. It sounds simple, but it really does help us out. Also remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure you tell your friends about us as well. We also post a weekly video on YouTube so you can subscribe and follow us there. Finally, if you want up-to-date information and news as it breaks, please follow us on Instagram. As always, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Guys Without Helmets.